Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative, and lifestyle medicine. We review the medical literature and we review case studies. Today's show topic is, is sunlight the cause of melanoma? An alternative viewpoint. Our guest today is Dr. Mark Sorensen, a doctor of education, an author, health educator, health spa owner, medical researcher, and writer. And he has vast experience taking groups of people and putting them on whole food, low-fat, unprocessed, plant-based diets with outside exercise programs and lots of sunlight. And he has observed the reversal of much chronic disease, such as heart disease, diabetes, obesity, etc. But today, we're going to talk about a topic dear to his heart, and that's the effect of sunlight on a, uh, a disease called melanoma, a type of cancer. So first of all, welcome, Mark. Thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, great to be here, Kirk. First, before we get into the sunlight melanoma thing, just give the audience a little bit about your, your background and, and what you're currently doing and how you got here today. Well, I'm an educator, Kirk. I've been, uh, I have a doctor of education from Brigham Young University, and uh, most of my life has been spent uh, educating people on how to be healthier than they are. And we've had some incredible results, as you said, the disappearance of so many diseases, particularly heart disease and diabetes, which are two of the best. Um, actually, most of my education came after my doctorate, however. I peruse the scientific literature, I write books, blogs, and articles. I've produced in the last couple of years about 276 blogs on my site, Sunlight Institute. I also worked in the health resort industry, where my uh, wife and I produced one of the top-ranked resorts in the world. And right now, I'm just finished the manuscript for a new book on sunlight and eagerly awaiting the publication of my first vitamin D book in Israel which is going to be published in Hebrew. So that's, uh, I guess that's a short story right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good. First of all, let's get into melanoma um, and skin cancers in general. You know, the first thing you go into dermatologist's office and, and, you know, stay out of the sun for all kinds of skin cancers. Do you want to differentiate between the two, the effect of sunlight on the traditional basal scale and squamous scale cancers? skin cancers and melanoma? Yes. First of all, I want to give you, the, I guess, the bad news about sunlight, and that is with the common skin cancers that you just mentioned. Those cancers are susceptible to uh, a little bit of increase if you have sunlight exposure. However, that's not the real reason for them. The real reason is not eating correctly, which is the same for most other cancers also, bad nutrition. Uh, melanoma is totally different. Melanoma is, is caused by not having enough sunlight. There's a reverse correlation there. We, if we have more skin cancers that are common skin cancers, we'll find out that we have fewer melanoma. It's kind of an interesting thing that the two uh, cancers do not mix. One does not become the other. And if we eat correctly, then we can reduce dramatically the risk of both. But uh, particularly with a lot of sunlight, we reduce melanoma. You probably haven't heard, well, you probably have, but there's probably not a lot of people that have heard that particular philosophy or that particular fact. It's more than a philosophy. That is a fact. Well, all right, let's stop there for just a second because that's going to make people's heads turn because they probably just came from the dermatologist's office. So how do you know that melanoma isn't, where do you get that from? Well, uh, for instance, uh, if we take a look at what the Melanoma International Foundation has stated, as far as the sunlight is concerned, they're dead wrong. If we take a look at the 20th century, we find out that through the 20th century, sunlight 
exposure decreased dramatically. I can really relate to that because I grew up as a farm boy, and we were out in the sun 14 hours a day in the summer. We were all there all day long, and I rode a tractor and uh, tanned myself and bare-chested and so forth, you know, never had any type of melanoma or skin cancer at all. And uh, so we see that as through the 20th century, we have about 5% of the sunlight exposure that we had then at the beginning of the, of the century. Is that because of the way we live our lifestyles or there's less sunlight? Isn't there more sunlight coming through our UV rays, coming through our atmosphere? Is it not thinning or is, is that... That is true, Kirk. There's more sunlight probably that penetrates the atmosphere because of the ozone layer and so forth being a little thinner. But uh, the fact is that research out of Norway shows that in a period of several years where the ozone layer didn't get anything at all, the uh, rate of melanoma increased exponentially just over a few years. So there's something wrong there. We take a look at the sunlight coming through the atmosphere, but nobody's getting in it anymore. We work indoors. Uh, I did a lot of government research or access to research showing that we do have a very little uh, very few people working outdoors anymore, and yet we have this 3,000% increase in melanoma incidence. Absolutely counterintuitive to make the argument then that melanoma is caused by sunlight. Okay, so then the premise is, is that because of the modern lifestyle, we're just spending more time indoors, and we can't, and we aren't definitely not exposed to more sunlight. That's your premise, correct? Well, that's one of two premises, and uh, also we have to realize that. We use sunscreens now. Almost everybody's using sunscreens. We don't use it to slap on our faces. If we're if the women, the women particularly, they use a lot of them in cosmetics. So we have a lot of sunscreen use, which will block about ninety nine and a half percent of vitamin D production, and it also, of course, correlates to a higher risk of melanoma. The more sunscreens that we use, the more melanomas that we have. Now, the health professional would say that we're not using enough, we're not putting it on and covering ourselves up enough. In other words, the person goes out and hasn't been exposed in the sun much, and I, I get what you're saying, but it, and so in actuality, we have more sunscreen application, but it sure seems like you get the reverse message that we're not putting it on enough, if that makes yeah, any it, sense. Uh, we could uh, say, okay, we're using lots more sunscreens than we used to many more times, and yet our melanoma is continuing to go up. Places like Australia who have some of the strictest controls on sunscreen use and so forth, they want everybody to use it. They have the highest risk of melanoma, and their incidence of melanoma continues to increase there. It's not helping them at all. It's like saying, okay, cigarettes have been shown to cause lung cancer. Therefore, we must smoke more cigarettes. That's exactly the type of thing that they're promoting, and I think most of them know that they're promoting that. Well, I would... I I would see. I I would think, if we're talking about Australia having the highest rate of of melanoma, that we see them outside all the time. It, it's like the the country that everybody's physically active and outside. But you're still saying that they're not outside as much as they were. Is that what you're? Exactly. They're not outside nearly as much as they were, and they're using more sunscreen than any other country per capita. So why would they be getting it versus more America? I mean, why would Australians get more melanoma? versus Americans, per se. The whole country down there is for a light-skinned country. They have more uh, more risk because they they have more redheads. They have more light-skinned people that came from uh, England and 
other areas of the UK and such, and so they would naturally have more. You go to areas where most of the people are black, you see very, very little melanoma, and the reason is because they got that good tan. They got a dark skin, which protects them against sun damage. We need to get our, ourselves protected by getting a good tan. Interestingly, there's a local dermatologist here in St. George, Utah. When people talk to him about how they can prevent melanoma, he says, go out and get yourself a good tan. So you see, times are changing. <laughs> well, that one, I'd like to hear that guy talk. Um, so let's get into the things that you think are the risk factors for melanoma or, as I think I read somewhere in your, in your answers, that there's just more diagnosis of melanoma. So can, first of all, are we diagnosing melanoma more and that's why we're concerned about it? Well, there's no doubt that we have a tremendous increase in melanoma diagnosis. Uh, the doctors in the United Kingdom have actually, one of, one of them, Dr. Schuster, wrote a article for the British Journal of Dermatology, and he ended up talking about how many uh, non-melanoma skin cancers or actually uh, lesions on the skin were actually a diagnosis being melanoma and ended up not being melanoma. And there have been other studies since one of them, believe it or not, by the American Academy of Dermatology, shows only 6% of the melanomas that are originally diagnosed end up being melanoma. So we're talking about 94% of them that are not really melanoma. So yes, we have this uh, diagnosis of benign lesions, which is growing rapidly, and it makes a whole lot of money for people, and consequently you don't stand on one leg until they stop it. Not going to happen. All right, so one point is that we're getting more diagnosis of melanoma, but the skin lesions that we're evaluating for melanoma aren't the, the vast majority aren't melanomas. Is that correct? That's exactly right. And if you have more dermatologists and more melanoma that's being diagnosed all the time, that continues to grow. And unfortunately, a lot of those figures are reported as being melanoma because they diagnose them and they say, oh, here's a melanoma. Then when they excise them, when they take them out, they find it wasn't melanoma after all. It was a benign lesion that had nothing to do with melanoma. So you can see how that increases the number of melanomas that we think we have, but we don't. I don't generally go down that road so much. I go down the road that, yes, melanomas increase dramatically. But either way, if you say that melanoma is being overdiagnosed and so it doesn't really exist, there's no real problem with melanoma that's, that's being reported, that's one way. If you say, yes, if sunlight has decreased dramatically, and melanomas increase dramatically. Either way, they don't have a leg to stand on. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got your rationale. So let's go into the things. Let's assume that melanomas are getting more frequent. What are the lifestyle risk factors or environmental risk factors for melanoma? Well, one of them is drinking alcohol. That increases melanoma by about 250%. Having a light skin with lots of moles can increase it up to 40%. And uh, if we're drinking milk, 250% increase. Some people say, well, it's this tanning beds. It's tanning beds. People use tanning beds. They may have as much as a 10% increase, which is sometimes not even considered worth uh, looking at. And yet we're, we're trying to put that particular business out of business. So I don't know if I answered your question exactly. What other lifestyle or environmental facts? So you have alcohol. You have light skin with multiple moles. You have milk consumption tanning beds, maybe. What else increases the risk to melanomas? Well, I don't believe tanning beds is really okay. one of them. Okay. It's not enough. But, uh, uh, 
primarily, some people say if you get burned, you're probably going to get more melanoma. In other words, if you go out and tan, it's one thing, getting a big burn. And that may be true, except some of the research just coming out last week shows that people who are outside get a lot more burns than the ones that are inside, and they have a lot less melanoma. So I'm not sure we can buy that. But that is what is said, that uh, sunburning okay. is a big problem. How about, let's talk about risk factors nutritionally for melanomas, or is it just generally skin conditions? How would you separate those out? We mentioned one of them. Uh, I guess if you consider alcohol and ritual, that's one of them. However, meat consumption relates very closely to melanoma. So there's milk consumption, uh, two and a half times uh, the melanoma with a high consumption of milk versus a low consumption of milk. So dairy product would definitely be one of them. And then I might say lack of the good things, the things like dark berries, dark fruits, things with color, green vegetables, and so forth. If we don't eat those things, then we lose the protection line just the same as we lose protection against all other forms of carcinomas. How about uh, processed sugar consumption? Does that have anything to do with it or just... I would just say an educated guess is yes. But I don't know anything that processed sugar consumption doesn't do, but I haven't actually read much about that. Okay. How about the concept that melanomas occur... Where do they occur on the body? Sun-exposed areas or non-sun-exposed areas? Over 85% of them occur on areas that never see the sun. I mentioned this in the answers. We find melanomas in the armpits, on the soles of the feet, in, inside sexual organs, inside the nose, inside the mouth, and in areas where, as we said, the sun never, never shines. And the uh, fact, if we take a look at the most common area for women, it's on the upper hip, upper thigh, rather. And uh, for men, it's in the middle of the back. Our next-door neighbor over here, they had a son that died from melanoma, and they thought it was all the sunlight, but they couldn't figure out uh, when they talked to me about it, why did he get a melanoma in the middle of his back? I said, because he never exposed his back to the sun there. If we expose our bodies to the sun, it will dramatically decrease the risk of melanoma. Outdoor workers have 50% of the risk of melanoma as indoor workers. It is a disease of sedentary indoor office workers that don't eat the type of uh, nutrition that they should. All right, so... It happens more on skin that is non-sun exposed than sun exposed skin. But how do you tell people to get sun exposure? In other words, I always tell people, you know, don't get burned. You know, get a little light tan, increase your sun exposure, but don't get a burn. But how do you teach people how to get good sunlight and, and still be protective, so to speak? Well, your advice was right on, really. The second that you start to get red in the sunlight is the time that you should be moving out of it. Go under a tree, you know, a big hat, long sleeve shirt, gloves, whatever you have to do, but get out of the sun because we don't want to damage the sun. Let's suppose that the sun, uh, you know, even a sunburn doesn't create melanoma. It's not good to be sunburned. So we want to keep from sunburning and little by little, exactly as you told them, we get a light tan and we get a little darker tan, a little more tan and the body becomes more protected against the sunlight on each of those phases. In your uh, health spas, now wasn't a, a big part. There was, you know, there's a plant-based diet. There was exercise, but there was a big part about getting out in the sun. How did you tell people to get out in the sun there, and what was the goal of the sun exposure? The goal of the sun exposure, of course, was to build vitamin D at that time. I didn't know as much about nitric oxide and some of the other photo products, but. 
we wanted to get them to get plenty of vitamin D because we know it strengthens the bones and it, that uh, I knew even at those times that uh, melanoma was not a problem with sunlight exposure. And we would have them eating loads of green vegetables and colorful fruits and such to protect them against skin damage. But we'd always tell them, exactly as I mentioned to you a moment ago, that we want you to get out of the sun once you get red. Well, not red, pink, actually. It's like statements and you move out of the sun and protect yourself. And the next day, you can stay longer, longer, and longer. So the average person, let's say, at your, how much would you recommend sunlight to get and what part of the day would you recommend people to do it for not just protection against melanomas but just for general health? Well, I think that considering that the people who have the lowest melanoma rates are the people who stay out all day long, I'd like them to get a lot of it, but I don't want them to ever burn or hurt their skin. And uh, as far as what you need to get enough vitamin D production, which is only one of the things, you only need a few minutes. As my wife used to say, go out and get naked at noon for about 20 minutes on each side, and you can produce 20,000 international units of vitamin D. You will not produce any more vitamin D the entire rest of the day. So you might as well stop at that time. Now, conversely, let's suppose that we go out and we uh, pay attention to the people who say, well, all you need is a little bit on your face and arms and just a few minutes there. You'll never make enough vitamin D that way. And if you stay out all day long that way, you may actually end up damaging the skin more. So to get out of the sun at noon, I would tell the people it's absolutely the very best way, exposing all the skin that you can and still be distant. decent in the social situation that you're in. <laughs> but, yeah, lots of sun uh, in a short period of time. Around noon is the best. But just getting out and moving in it, I love to hike through the mountains, uh, up in the pines and aspens of Nevada and so forth. And uh, I just, you, you can feel this goodness there. And I don't mind if I hike all day long. I will cover my arms at high altitude since we have a very thin ozone layer at 10, 12,000 feet. As long as you do that, you're going to be fine. How about when you say noontime versus why is it high noon? People would say, well, I'm going to get burned during then. That would be the response. What What is your response to that? That is the most backward advice that I have ever heard. What you want to do is get right out at noon because then within a very few minutes you can make your 20,000 international units of vitamin D. Now, the rest of the day, sure, cover up a little bit if you want, wear the long sleeve shirt, you know, and the, the uh, cap and so forth to protect yourself just a little bit more because you've got your vitamin D at that time. The rest of the day now, you can be just soaking up uh, serotonin, endorphins, and so forth that are produced by the UVA portion of light. And uh, so that's the best way to get it. I'm glad you asked me that because in the questions that you asked me originally, we didn't cover that, but that's good advice for your listeners. At noontime. So noontime, 20, well, 20 minutes aside is your recommendation. And and as soon as you get start to get pink, you get out. Yeah, let's suppose that we've got a blonde that doesn't tan very well that gets out in there and in five minutes she starts to turn red. She gets out of the sun immediately. The next day maybe she can stay six or eight minutes and after a while she can get her 20 minutes on each side. The beautiful thing about that is, is in the light skin, vitamin D is produced much more rapidly. So if you're just coming off a long winter and you get in the sun, you're going to make a lot more vitamin D than you would otherwise. Uh, and, and so uh, as you get more and more tan, you make a little less vitamin D, but you're able to go out and stay in the sun. The sun. So you see, it's, a, it's God's great gift to man, the way he made the human body. He makes it so that you need more, you can get more. If you need less, you can get less. People in the Scandinavian countries, they go out and they may only have 10 minutes before the clouds come before they, can, before they need to get back in uh, because of the clouds. 
and they'll make vitamin D several times the rate with, let's say, a black person in Africa six times as much vitamin D in the same amount of time. Would you say that, uh, is it a fact then that melanoma increases more away from the equator? Absolutely. There's much more uh, melanoma, all else being equal, in the northern climes. You don't get much vitamin D. That's one reason. There may be other reasons. Well, I think we've got uh, the risk factors, alcohol, light skin, moles, milk consumption, meat consumption, empty calorie consumption possibly, and then we have eat lots of greens and colored fruits and vegetables and get a tan, which is always, (laughs) it's just a concept that's counterintuitive to me, but get a tan to protect yourself against sunlight. Now, how about, is the protection from the sunlight just uh, the darkening of the skin or is the vitamin D a bigger protector or is it just the melanin, the darkening of the skin? The melanin is big, but absolutely, vitamin D is a protector against melanoma, as well as other cancers in the body. It uh, creates apoptosis in cancer cells, which means natural death of cancer cells. It prevents metastasis. It prevents the invasion of surrounding tissue. Vitamin D does so many good things there, but it is not, uh, it may not be even the most important photo product, or if it is, it's just very in first place uh, that the sun will make. I'm beginning to believe, as I mentioned some of the answers, the nitric oxide may be as important, if not more so, and then, of course, the serotonin and uh, other photo products. Nitric oxide is a very interesting thing because it's a tremendous potent vasodilator. In fact, it's what's used by your uh, ED drugs to be able to produce an erection, to hold an erection for a longer period of time. And it doesn't generally stay in the body very long, however, and shouldn't stay there very long because it's a potent oxidant. It's a free radical producer, but you need it to create the vasodilation that creates an erection or lowers your blood pressure. There's so many wonderful things in the body, and it's something that you get uh, from the UVA portion. UVB produces vitamin D. UVA portion will produce your nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is such a potent blood pressure lower that it'll lower blood pressure and hold it there for about two hours within just about 30 minutes of uh, going out and doing your sunbathing. And uh, uh, Dr. Weller, again, another fellow from the United Kingdom, says that that is so important to heating up the epithelium in the vascular system and to getting the blood pressure low so it doesn't damage the vascular system. He says, he's a dermatologist, by the way, he says that for every death created by sunlight. He says there are 80 lives saved by getting out and getting your nitric oxide from the sun. Of course, one thing he hasn't realized yet, one of some of those 80 deaths he believes are melanoma. He's wrong on that. But other than that, he's right on. The nitric oxide is incredible and it comes from sunlight. And a lot of people perhaps are listening to us today did not know that. Well, I think we've I think you've covered the melanoma issue. So, is there anything else you'd like to say that I haven't brought up about melanoma, sunlight that uh, we haven't discussed before we round we sign off? Well, I think as far as melanoma is concerned, we covered it. We could do a lot on I guess heart disease and other things on some other day, but uh, I think we've got it. Well, the same so it seems to me though that also the same protective mechanisms for against melanoma would also protect against general Uh, skin cancers. I mean, you're not going to burn. I'm not, in other words, you said if you're getting out of the sunlight as soon as you start to, you know, get pink, then you shouldn't increase the risk of the other skin cancers if you're eating this nutrient-dense diet and and the other environmental things. Is that correct? Yes, and you, that is the operative word there is that you need to get out, well, you need to get out of the sunlight when you're getting pink. At the same time, if your nutrients are correct, 
And another thing I have not mentioned was having plenty of omega-3 fats and very few of the omega-6s, that dramatically drops the risk of the common skin cancer. All right, so how do you do that being a plant-based person? Because I do fatty acid profiles all the time. So tell me how you increase your omega-3 fats and decrease your omega-6 fats being a vegan. Well, uh, you know that our green vegetables are a great source of uh, omega-3s, and so are nuts like uh, walnuts and such, great source of omega-3s. And it's really not going to bother me much if some people don't want to be vegan and they want to take some fish oil. That's, of course, a good source. If you're going to eat like I do, then that's probably, you know, we would avoid the fish oil simply because we don't eat animal products. But uh, you do need the omega-3s. You can get them, like I say, from nuts. You can get them from flaxseed and you can get them from dark green leafy vegetables and so forth. And then avoid all the junk fats that are all out there. You know, being vegan is not going to save anybody's life if they don't do it right. I had a friend of mine the other day say, hey, you'd be glad to know my daughter's on vegan plant-based diet now. And I said, well, that's fantastic. What is she eating? He says, Coca-Cola and French fries. Now, that will kill you. That's a vegan diet that will kill you. And so we have to do it right. We have to eat all of those colorful fruits and vegetables and so forth that protect ourselves. Otherwise, we can get in terrible trouble eating a plant-based diet. Well, Dr. Sorensen, how can people get a hold of you? Well, they can get in touch with me at uh, Megamark20 at AOL.com. They can get me on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and put in Mark Sorensen. They'll find me there pretty rapidly. And they could actually go to Sunlight Institute, uh, my blog site, and they could probably write uh, something in there. I haven't actually used that much, but they can reach me there also. Sunlightinstitute.org. And when does your book come out? And what's the name of the book? The book right now, is, unless we change the name, is going to be Embrace the Sun. I think you, you interviewed Dr. William Grant some years back. And, right. Uh, and uh, he's my co-author on that. He hasn't seen the manuscript yet, but because I like to write, when I'm co-authoring something, I like to write it. Send it to the other guy so I don't get too confused along the way and do too much talking and too little writing, if that makes sense. <laughs> so uh, Bill is going to help with that, and he's as good as there is, believe me. He, he's terrific. Yeah, I know he is. But I'm May. I, I hope we get it out by May. May 2016. Okay. Well, well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. And We don't have much sunlight right here. It's a little cold in Sacramento, but thank you for opening some eyes, I hope, on this topic of melanoma and sunlight. So thanks again for coming on the show, Dr. Mort Sorensen. Perfect, Kirk. We'll talk to you again. And I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. And remember, you can go to my blog, stayinghealthytoday.com, and underneath the, the, play, the podcast player, I will have these questions from Dr. Sorensen, but he has written some answers to them, and so they're much more extensive than was in this interview. And so you can go there and read that. This will also be uploaded to iTunes. Sign up for my health letter. Uh, I'll talk to you soon, and you have a fabulous day.